Hello and thanks for downloading Reset from SAP. My name is Russell Goldsmith and over the course of this series I'm speaking with some of SAP's partners from across the EMEA South region to share their inspiring stories and find out how they have coped during the COVID-19 pandemic and importantly how they're resetting their thinking into how to run their business, engage their teams and reach their customers. Having focused on South Africa and Nigeria and then Morocco in our previous two episodes, this time we head to Cairo, Egypt to hear how Adraki, a global partner of SAP, have adapted their business and helped their customers during lockdown. We helped ourselves during this time and our customers to encourage people to use the options SAP have given uh, the world by opening the platforms of education and learning and certification to utilize the time and get ready to pick up quickly after the crisis. We'll then be speaking to Abo Zabel Fertilizers and Chemical Industries, part of the Polyserve Group, about a digital transformation project of their own that started right in the middle of the pandemic. For some meetings and seminars, it's better to have it online. It's better in terms of saving time. Again, physical meetings are the best, in my opinion, but for some things uh, or for some topics, we can have it online. And, uh, and this will change, I think, forever, yeah. We hope that by listening to all the interviews in our series, you will broaden your minds beyond your country and learn how other business leaders and innovative enterprises have faced adversity head-on, changing their mindset to build a brighter future. And as we journey across the region, I'll also be speaking to some of the regional heads to gain an overview of their learnings and how they have pivoted and adapted the way their business is operating. In this episode, I'm thrilled to be joined online by Hoda Mansour, SAP's Managing Director for Egypt, as well as the New Frontiers countries in Middle East South, which includes Lebanon, Jordan, Palestine territories, Libya, Yemen and Sudan. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Hoda. Uh, do you want to start by telling us where you're based and uh, what the working environment is like at the moment? Thank you very much, Russell. I'm actually based out of the United Arab Emirates. However, I'm on assignment to work out of Egypt. At this stage, I'm in Cairo, beautiful Cairo. Uh, the weather today is uh, is rainy, and uh, the working environment is quite stable. Uh, in fact, the uh, the government has um, allowed people to go back to work several months ago, but they have asked also every single person to take extra caution when it comes to COVID-19, specifically that there have been some cases that don't have any symptoms that are clear, but uh, people are are getting impacted just we, we just need to take extra caution at the moment yeah of course and and can you just explain the role that you have within sap yeah so i'm the managing director for uh, egypt and new frontier countries my role would be to take the overall responsibility for the operation in those uh, countries and this would include education sales pre-sales consulting services and uh, as as an overall responsibility of course i work together with my colleagues who lead the the different uh, segments of this business to make sure that we provide the right services to the the clients that we uh, operate with and also support the partners in those respects countries. You're covering a lot of countries in the territories uh, that you look after. How, how would you say the experience of working through COVID-19 has differed between those various SAP teams in the areas that, that you're responsible for? Most of the team uh, that I'm working with uh, are based out of Egypt. I would say that in Egypt, we had our offices closed since 
the start of the pandemic to date. The rest of the team are spread between Lebanon and Jordan. Most of them are facing the same uh, or similar issues. Uh, most of us are working online, trying to lift each other uh, mentally and uh, and also from a work perspective, uh, we're trying to lift each other and make sure that we deliver on what we have committed to our management. In terms of overall performance, uh, my team have uh, actually enjoyed very good performance since the start of the year. Uh, we've uh, got the market unit of the quarter for the three consecutive quarters, which is something that I'm really proud of. And we continue to deliver and uh, despite of the pandemic. I think uh, what it really requires is just to be resilient and uh, to be focused on what we are, we are supposed to do and help each other and lift each other through this uh, unprecedented times. And how about the business performance over the last couple of quarters? Well, the expectations that everyone had that we will suffer because of COVID, but luckily we were uh, very blessed to see ourselves performing quarter after quarter. The team has won the market unit of the quarter for three consecutive quarters since the start of the year, which is something that I'm super proud of. In terms of growth, we enjoyed double-digit growth for both on-premise and cloud, which is something, again, that I'm extremely proud of. And uh, our participation from SAP in Egypt is actually higher than the global average participation. So extremely proud and honoured to be leading this team. That's great. And and given that we're recording this halfway through the final quarter of the year, I mean, with everything that's been going on, what, what's been your learning so far from 2020? A lot of learnings from 2020. I would start first by, uh, by saying that uh, I did not expect myself to be locked down or to experience a lockdown because uh, once the pandemic happened, I um, actually had to travel to the United Arab Emirates and I was locked down since uh, end of March, 18th of March, uh, exactly till mid-August, which is a very long period of time for me. There was at a point in time total lockdown in the United Arab Emirates. I did not even believe or think or comprehend that I would be able to bear or live through this workout. So I think 2020 has stretched our limits from a personal perspective, from a business perspective. And I would say that the most important thing is resilience. And resilience comes from mental resilience. It comes from the resilience of the team, resilience of every single person who is around us. And with this resilience and with the clear mind, we managed to get this through and we managed actually to enjoy success during an extraordinary time. Have you had to change or adapt the way you operate the business at all in terms of working practices and and maybe communications with the team as well? Uh, in fact, yes. So uh, since the start of the pandemic, we uh, we were asked, all of us, to stay at home and work online. This was quite easy for us because we are a technology company. Each and every one was equipped with the tools uh, and uh, with the experience as well to work uh, remotely. However, um, we've increased the communication with the team. So since the start of the pandemic, we have been running weekly virtual breakfasts with the team. And during those weekly virtual breakfasts, I started first by giving the the team an opportunity to discuss various topics that I led. And then I handed over then to the team to start themselves by volunteering and coming forward with a a topic that they believe could be of interest or could be of impact to the rest of the team. And we started to share. And through those sharings, I believe that we are, again, lifting and helping each other to to move forward and sustain uh, and survive uh, these difficult times. Okay, well, let's hear the first of the two interviews that I recorded last week. So this first one is with Dr. Mohammed Abdelhamid of Adraki. 
So I am thrilled to welcome to the podcast Dr. Mohammed Abdel Hamid, President and CEO of Adraki, a global partner of SAP. And uh, this is a real treat for us. Um, for those listening to the podcast and, and not watching the, the video that we're recording, uh, Dr. Mohammed, can you just describe exactly where you are sitting recording this interview? Thank you very much for uh, this podcast. I am here in Cairo, Egypt, in the pyramids location a place of history and a place representing millions of years and thousands of the Egyptian civilization down the road. And the best is still yet to come, of course. And it probably makes sense if you can just give us a quick introduction to the company. Okay, we are a typical SAP partner. We focus only in SAP. We started in 2010 with only five consultants. Down the road, we have had exponential growth rate. Now we are 120 after long years of operating with SAP, now we are a global partner for SAP, a unique rank. And also we are working in uh, generally in the Middle East. We are based in Cairo, Egypt. This is the mothership. We operate also in Saudi. We have projects in Kuwait and Qatar. And we are part of a great network of elite SAP implementers in the world. We are part of United Bars, 50 partner covering 100 countries. I'm thrilled also to say that I am elected as part of the board of directors of this organization as well under the custodian of SAP. Excellent. And and before we um, get on to talk about some of the things that you've been working on, obviously, since coronavirus here, I, I was actually keen to find out how the last few months have been for you personally. Personally, one of my people, I face everything they face and I uh, deal with it as a reactive. No one was expecting uh, this to happen at uh, this scale. But generally speaking, we don't have the book of what you do when you have this disaster. So we tried to figure out our way based on the local markets we are operating in. Personally, my son was in the UK. He was used to in Liverpool at that time. And we managed to evacuate him the last minute of lockdown of the airports. We were so lucky to do that. And it happens that everyone was trying to stick to his family in this difficult time. Yeah, sure. And, and what about in terms of how the current climates impacted your business at all? Have you seen any impact financially or has anything changed in terms of the way you're communicating with your people, with your teams and, and with business partners? Of course, uh, I, I would say everything is already changed. The, the, the whole value chain of the business is already changed. I mean the vendors, the customers and ourselves the people, the time of the work, the workplace, and also the acceptance of the whole transactions down the road with the customers and with the vendors already changed. The COVID-19 impacted everyone on earth, and we didn't see it coming. We just surprised that we must lock down as soon as we can. We must pull people out of the countries they are operating in. We must just let go everything and keep the our people safe and also our customers and uh, the financial impact of course is huge i would say this is a year of surviving not a year of achieving business plan at all anymore and what about in terms of the working environment people working from home are they working with clients are they doing more training what kind of things are they are they involved in at the moment of course we are so lucky to have this progressive technologies on hand now i would say if uh, we don't have the virtual meetings and the, the, the other communication tools we would never survive this crisis. I imagine that we don't have, for instance, this virtual platform to do such uh, interview or something. And the business impact, of course, would be more worse than we expect. But luckily, we have this. We used everything we know and everything available 
to survive and also to help our customers and our, our people to keep the projects up and running as much as we can to keep people safe, to stay home and operate, also to reduce the time they are in transportation or in public uh, transportation as well. It was difficult and it was uh, reactive. And like I said, we don't have the book of the crisis. Sure. And have you seen differences? You, you mentioned offices in Saudi, for example. Have you seen differences in what's happening there compared to what's happening in Egypt? Okay, of course, there are big differences. Egypt is a big country with 100 million population. Saudi is a little bit different. Maybe the area or space of Saudi is bigger, but the population is less. And also the nature of the people and the nature of the working environment is totally different. We managed to do many projects in Saudi during the downtime on remote basis, which helped us a lot and helped our customer to carry on our projects. Uh, in Egypt, it is a little bit different because the, the people are coming from the countryside and the officials decided to lock down some areas to reduce the, 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 the people numbers in, in the crowded uh, places. So my customers in Egypt decided to 50% capacity of the workload of people, especially the women and especially also the women with children, which was very nice and very important to make sure that the people are safe. But generally speaking, the business uh, have had a hit and now are picking up. We helped ourselves during this time and our customers to encourage people to use the options. SAP have given uh, the world by opening the platforms of education and learning and certification to utilize the time and get ready to pick up quickly after the crisis. Yeah, so good use of time. And I mean, obviously, we've touched on some of the challenges, but can you talk us through some in a bit more detail maybe of, of what you've faced during this period? Bearing in mind the theme of this podcast series is is reset. You know, I was wondering how you've reset your team and the organization, or have you done that in any way so that once we hopefully get through this current situation? So, for example, do you think it will change the way that you're going to work moving forward? Or is your plan to try and go back to life as it was as much as you can? I see that we will never back to normal. We have a new normal now and we are building it. And uh, the strategic framework of the new normal must be defined. And of course, we, we need it as soon as we can, because people will never stick to their chairs in office for eight, nine hours like the past. People will never go to uh, unsafe areas. People are very cautious now about the the masks and the tools they need to keep themselves safe and healthy. So I believe the policies of uh, working from home and such policies are very important now. Also, the type of education and the type of the way we are getting ready to interface with the customer is will be changed. Our culture and our values must be imposed to our employees and our colleagues before they go to the market. So how we will do this while we are not meeting in person as usual. Of course, we will meet in person, but not every day, not every second. So I think the whole thing of being uh, with the people, especially the awareness, especially the culture, especially the values, must be achieved in different ways than the, the, the past. Also, the working with the project, with the customer, we, we apply the same. But generally speaking, we, we, we face the, 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 the challenge with the customer culture as well. 
Do you think it will impact in terms of how much office space you keep, for example? Because there's lots of companies moving to a more kind of hybrid organisation. We've talked about working remotely and stuff. We, we, I, don't, I don't know how big your offices are at the moment, but do you think you'll need as much space as you've got moving forward? We are operating now in, in the Cairo office with the thousand square metre. And I think in the future, uh, not only Iraqi, I, I would say 60% deduction of the workspace will be applicable easily. And if we are operating in different time zones or so, maybe one office can fit for all. So we can operate using multi-office usage for everyone. And do you think there's a focus in, in Egypt to, as a whole to move to a more digital or looking at that whole digital transformation for businesses? This is the first time in history our uh, government focus and launch uh, nationwide digital transformation projects. Not only software, but also infrastructure and the required prerequisites to run a proper solution for uh, every area of focus. So I believe this is a great time for Egypt and a great time for uh, the value proposition we are offering to take place. I think Egypt, the market is booming now. And I think also this is a plan for 2021. This is going to be a great year. Of course, Q4 is important, but uh, we must look forward and we must be realistic because also with a great power, we, we, you need uh, to, to sustain great responsibility. So we need to work internally to rearrange our efforts and rearrange our power and uh, get ready from capacity perspective and uh, way of adjusted uh, project implementation methodologies and so on. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to ask, I mean, has, has COVID changed the way that, or, or the type of work that you're, you know, you're doing with clients or the way you're working with clients, aside from obviously, you know, the remote side of things? Of course, because communication requires two people to make. Idraki, with the customers, have a task to complete a project or uh, sustain an ongoing operation excellence with the customer activities. Not only the being removed, but the presence of the people to do the work was a big question because they are not online and they are not on site. So, and the customer of our customers also requires our focus. So what we do as a service provider or strategic partners with our customer, we fulfill the gaps we can help the customer to do. For instance, we impose the staff augmentation somehow with many customers, especially in Egypt during the lockdown. Uh, we have some customers with critical missions cannot be stopped, like factories and so on. But on the other hand, the, the, the people couldn't come, but they asked us to help and we could help them, of course, partially, but we were part of the solution, not part of the problem, which is the very important dimension we are focusing here. And given that you're working with lots of different clients, do you think people and business in general are optimistic about the future in, e in Egypt? Yes, uh, this is a direct answer, very optimistic. But Egypt is not an easy country. We, we are uh, a, a country with a history, with a strong culture, also with a, a type of people aspects. So we Egypt to the Middle East is like India to the world when it comes to technology. So our talents and our people are everywhere in the Middle East. Uh, bringing people back, evacuating people from other countries back to Egypt was a surprise to us that it, it is a must. We could say it is an option, optional thing to do, but the circumstances, especially the political ones and the, the healthcare aspects and who is ready to serve whom were related directly to we must bring our people back. 
So the big countries is optimistic, I believe so, and the small countries relying on other capabilities of other people coming from different areas with the travel lockdown, I think this is a bit of a challenge. So I believe these kind of aspects is helping Egypt to be defined as a go-to marketplace in the coming few years. And we are very optimistic about it and we have dedicated the budgets and the priorities all over the places here and I think thanks to SAP they have had some kind of reach with the officials and they convincing them that this is the time of Egypt and this is the only time for Egypt to excel especially with uh, not the crisis of coronavirus but in, generally speaking you cannot have a new civilization to add or contribution to the body of knowledge without having digital transformation platform powerful and I believe the right choice for them as a core solutions, it will come from SAP. Fantastic. Dr. Mohammed, thank you so much for joining us. So, uh, Hoda, what did you think to the experiences that uh, Dr. Mohammed shared with us and the, and the work that Adraki are doing? Well, Adraki is one of our uh, very successful partners who are covering Egypt, and they also have business outside of Egypt in Saudi Arabia, uh, Kuwait, and other Gulf countries. They have been expanding, and they have been really successful in picking the areas of focus for them, which is something that I do respect because it's really not easy to have one partner covering all aspects of the technologies that SAP can offer. So having the focus and having the drive to be focused in specific areas or specific industries, I think, is part of the success that they have witnessed. And they are investing a lot in terms of training their talents and improving uh, the way they work via the United VARs that uh, Dr. Mohammed is uh, part of and is also on the board. That's great. Well, let's hear our second interview. This time it's with Mustafa El-Gabali. He is Managing Director of Abo Zabal Fertilisers and Chemical Industries, part of the PolyServe Group, who also joined me online from Cairo. And I started by asking him to give us a bit of background to his company. The PolyServe Group is an Egyptian company established in 1994. Our main business is the production and trading of fertilisers. Uh, under PolyServe, we have three uh, production companies, Abu Zabal, Fertilizers and Chemicals, Aswan Fertilizers and Chemicals, Ferkeem. Uh, we have a trading company, which is PolyServe Trading. And we have a services company, Tridex, and an agriculture development company, which is PolyServe Agriculture. And um, where are you distributing? Obviously, in Egypt, but uh, but it's a, a global business, I take it? Yes, uh, our main market, of course, is Egypt. Uh, our second largest market is uh, Latin America, mainly Brazil and Uruguay. Plus, we are starting to uh, get bigger and bigger in Africa. And uh, Southern Europe, of course, is, is uh, the Mediterranean uh, uh, part of Europe is another market for us. Great. Now, you've been on a uh, digital transformation journey with SAP. Do you, can, you, can you just talk us through what has been implemented? Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, we started our digital transformation journey uh, around a year ago, spent six months uh, choosing uh, the right uh, ERP or platform that would suit our business well, and uh, we chose uh, SAP. We signed with SAP actually in February uh, 2020, after which we started choosing our uh, local partner for implementation. We chose an Egyptian company called Solids, and we started implementation in uh, May of uh, 2020. 
How important would you say it is having a, a local partner to work with in, in a project like this? I think uh, it, it is very important. It, it is what makes a project successful or not. Beginning by the SAP office in Egypt, okay, by the team from uh, Hoda Mansour to Ahmed Hisham to Yasser Salah and the whole team, they understood out of their experience, okay, they understood exactly what our group's need was and they managed to guide us through the process of selecting the first selecting the right product from SAP that would fit our requirements. They didn't do have they didn't do they didn't have anything much to do with the partner, but on a, on the bigger picture, the SAP partners in Egypt are selected in a very uh, I would say diligent way, so that if you go to any of the partners in Egypt, they are all on the same uh, level. And this some this is something that I think counts for SAP. Also, they have this SAP has this very strong program in Egypt, the YPE, Young uh, Professional. Uh, certificate or something like that, okay, uh, which uh, was done in Egypt, implemented in Egypt a few years ago. So there are a lot of good consultants in Egypt that know SAP inside out. So the, uh, the, the, the strong presence of SAP in Egypt and the, and, and the strength of their team really made uh, this, uh, digi- this first phase of the digital transformation easy for us. And um, what what elements of, of SAP are you, are you actually implementing then? For our first phase, uh, we uh, we went for the as for HANA, the cloud ERP, single tenant edition. We also uh, went for Ariba, the sourcing platform, which we believe is, is a very good platform and uh, it would really improve the way we source our uh, spare parts in Egypt and worldwide. And uh, the last uh, module was the success factors for the HR uh, functions. Right. And, and you mentioned doing this um, in February, which obviously was right just before everything sort of started to happen in terms of COVID and, and lockdown. I mean, did, did the pandemic have any impact on the project at all? Uh, of course it did. Uh, actually, when we signed in February, we, we, we decided to have like a big event in Cairo with SAP and uh, the local partner and invite all the stakeholders in the group uh, and uh, people from SAP in Cairo and Dubai and, uh, and of course, our partner, uh, Solix. It was sort of a kickoff meeting to let everybody know what the project is and uh, uh, what are the objectives of this project. We didn't do that. And then, in, but I think it was positive. It, it, it has a sort of a positive effect uh, which was instead of having a big kickoff uh, meeting, we had smaller ones. So the meetings were uh, more focused with different groups and different teams from the company. So I think that, that this was a, a, a positive impact because uh, having smaller meetings with smaller teams uh, made the teams more comfortable in discussing, asking all the questions and this and that. Another thing is that uh, we had... Uh, two uh, online uh, sessions with SAP, uh, one for uh, organization change ma- management and the other one was for uh, the, uh, how the, the transition management. And having the, those sessions online, I think, were better than having them in a physical meeting because uh, it was much more organized. Uh, we had uh, like a survey online. It, it was a much, I think it was much better than having them uh, Physically, yeah. Do you think that's something moving forward you you may revert to then? Uh, of course, physical meetings are much better. Sure. But in certain for certain meetings, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, the, the implementation or, or our project is, is, is across five different companies with uh, four different locations. So, of course, for, for, for some meetings and seminars, it's better to have it online. It's better in terms of saving time. Again, physical meetings are the best, in my opinion, but for some things uh, or for some topics, we can have it online. And, uh, and this will change, I think, forever. Yeah. yeah. And, and what would you say has been the biggest challenge then in, in, in that time? Of course, in the first few months of COVID, there was a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen. We had a big plan that didn't stop for one day. We didn't work from home. Uh, of course, we, we had for, for the admin uh, side of, uh, of, of, of the company, we had 50% reduction in the workforce present in the company. But in the beginning, the biggest problem was adapting to the new uh, situation. But we adapted quickly. And uh, six months later now, seven months later now, we are going live in a week or two. So uh, I think the end result is, is, is good. Was it easy to get the buy-in from from everyone within the business to the new system? The resistance uh, that 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 uh, was was present in the beginning was the fear of uh, trying something new. We didn't have a complete ERP. We had uh, smaller like systems, uh, either locally made or in-house developed, but they were not linked. So the the biggest fear was of of, of just trying something new, but. Uh, when, when we talk to, the, to our maintenance people, to our production guys, to our sales, procurement, inventory, all those uh, guys, when they saw the capabilities of the system that we were implementing and how this will make their job much easier and much more efficient, they all bought in very quickly. Because in, in our session, we uh, used this approach where we asked everybody in, 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 in any session, what is your biggest problem in doing your job? Uh, and we collected, uh, we made like a sort of survey, and then we showed them uh, how the system would solve this. So it, for them, it was it, it, it was uh, it was very uh, important to show them how the system would solve the problems between the maintenance guys and the procurement guys, you know, and the procurement guys and the financial guys. So seeing this uh, on a demo made things much easier for us. And just coming back to the. Uh you know, the issue of the pandemic. I mean, has there been any impact in terms of the way the business has operated this year? Uh, Not really. Agri-trade or anything that has, uh, that is related to agriculture was uh, less disrupted worldwide, not only in Egypt, than any other uh, business, I think, okay? Because uh, people need to eat, okay? People need to grow food. So uh, the, the, the disruption was not big. The Egyptian government did a very good job in even during the curfew that was imposed in the first three months. This curfew did not affect the supply chain or the logistics of anything manufactured or anything grown in terms of agriculture. So in the local market, uh, things were normal. Uh, on the export side, like I told you, our main market is Brazil and uh, Uruguay. So the transit time from the Mieta, the port that we export from in Egypt to Brazil or Uruguay, is already 21 days, which is more than the isolation period. So things, uh, our supply chain was not affected. The, what was affected was the commodity prices, which was something worldwide. But uh, in terms of supply chain, we, we, we did as planned. Sure. So that, that I mean, so that's, I guess, a, a positive to, to, to take. But in terms of everything that's gone on around you, 
so obviously whilst your your company has has continued to operate what would be the main learnings that you've taken from 2020 and that you're going to take forward you know with the business next year well uh, the main learnings is digitization is here okay most of our meetings now uh, is uh, is online especially uh, with our clients in brazil this wasn't an option before the other thing is that the, the, the pandemic uh, yani is coming at a time where the fourth industrial revolution is is uh, started and really uh, it's here now. Digitalization is not a luxury anymore. It is a must. You really cannot operate like you did five years ago or ten years ago. And I think the change uh, in the next few years will be very quick. And if you don't adapt to this change in time, uh, you will be out of uh, business, okay? Especially with the 5G coming around the corner everywhere very soon, okay? So I think that digital transformation is is, is, is a must. It's not a luxury anymore. Companies should invest in it. Companies should invest in it with the right partners. And uh, the, the providers, the service providers, uh, should always be, you know, developing the product very, products very quickly to adapt to the market. That's some uh, good messages to finish on. Uh, Mustafa Al-Gabali, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm back with Hoda Mansour, SAP's Managing Director for Egypt. Um, uh, Hoda, we've heard two examples of how um, your partners and customers have been coping during the pandemic. I was just wondering if you have any inspirational stories from the past six months of your own that you can share. Yeah, I would actually like to share uh, my experience during the COVID and what I've witnessed uh, happening in the Egyptian market. When the COVID started, first of all, we, we all thought that we would be locked down for a week or two. Nobody really had uh, any reference to what is going to happen or how we should handle the situation. I was really inspired and honored to see that the Egyptian government have decided to go, to go full force and full speed with the digital transformation. And this started from the top and was cascaded uh, to the um, across the board. So we've witnessed, for instance, several ministers insisting to complete the digital transformation journey during COVID. I can give examples in the Minister of Petroleum, the Minister of Public Business Sector, the Minister of ICT, several ministers who were determined to go full speed with their digital transformation journey. And if I compare this to other countries in the region, uh, we've seen countries that are putting their digital transformation agendas on, on hold, and people were concerned actually whether they should continue to invest or hold their investments. So for me to see Egypt, who have limited uh, resources compared to some of the neighboring countries, going full force is uh, an inspiration for me. And this was cascaded actually also to the private sector, even in small and medium businesses who have understood the value of digital transformation, understood the value of making a change and being prepared to face even tougher times via digital transformation. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear what they're doing. Now, before we finish, I, I must ask you about um, being recognised earlier this year for a second time, actually, by Forbes as one of the top 100 power business women in the Middle East. I don't want to embarrass you, but I need to ask you, how, do, how does that make you feel? It made me feel proud and honoured uh, to, to get such a recognition. It also made me feel that whatever effort and hard work that is being put is uh, worthwhile. And it's a big thank you to the team who has basically believed in the vision and who supported me to reach uh, what uh, I've reached. So thank you very much for every single person who have been working with me, whether from the colleagues in SAP, from the partners, 
also from the customers who believed in the vision and who supported me. Fantastic. Uh, now, turning to the future, um, based on the conversations you've been having with with your clients and, and also listening to the stories we've shared on today's podcast, in your opinion, you know, what does the next 6 to 18 months look like in, in Egypt and, and the rest of, of the region that you're looking after um, for SAP, but also for your partners and your customers? Several studies have shown that Egypt is expected to grow. And uh, actually, this is something that is clearly positioning Egypt in a, in a much better uh, uh, position versus its peers in the country. So I think there there are uh, opportunities for investments. There are opportunities for direct uh, foreign investments to come to the country and support uh, such, such growth. The only thing that we need to be aware of is uh, if the COVID situation is to continue, uh, what would be the, um, the ways that we should align ourselves in order to recognize better efficiencies in the way we are executing and the way we're doing business. For the partners for sure you know with the with the opportunities that are available in the market comes more responsibilities and comes also more opportunities for the partners uh, that are working around us so i would say that in the field that we're working uh, in there is opportunity opportunity for each and every one to grow there are opportunities also for us to support the, the 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 various small entities that are around us and create an impact in the market Herman, sir, uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast Thank you very much, Russell. It has been a pleasure joining you today and uh, I wish you all the success and I wish all the people in Egypt, New Frontiers and all the countries to, to be safe and we find uh, a resolution for or an end rather to, to this pandemic. Thank you. Well, that's it for this third episode of Reset from SAP Amir South. So thanks once again to Dr. Mohammed Abdel Hamid and uh, Mustafa El Gabali and of course to SAP's Hoda Mansur. We hope the podcast helped in your own thinking about how you adapt your business as we come through the COVID-19 pandemic. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on your favourite podcast app. And if you've enjoyed listening, then please do give us a positive rating and review. But for now, from me, Russell Goldsmith, thanks for listening and goodbye.